From the studios of WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, We are back in the studio with John Bagels Telford, active brown belt competitor, regular instructor, co-host, guest, man about town, and matchmaker for Toro Cup 6, which is coming up. When is that again, John? It is next weekend, February the 11th. And that's at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu slash Cage Side Fight Company in Durham, North Carolina. John and I will be breaking down the matches for you. John, as you may know, is the matchmaker for that event. And we'll be breaking down some of the events that you can see when you come out to support the local martial arts scene. We'll do that maybe at, at the bottom of the hour. But for now, we're going to talk a little bit about the news of the day, what's happening, what's coming up. We mentioned Toro Cup, which is February 11th. This weekend, uh, February 4th, Atlanta, IBJJF Open. is. Uh, they have one of these every year. They also have a spring open, which is coming in May. But I know a lot of local competitors are traveling out for that. We will be reporting on that. Uh, I know that Ryan LaFree, Daniel Branch, Chris Luter, some folks from Gracie Raleigh, on DirtyWhiteBelt.com and at our Facebook page, we'll have a list of all the guys that are competing. So you can follow along either on Flow Grappling or on our Facebook page. We'll show you the results. Uh, John, are you competing? I am indeed. I am indeed. Are you going out with other folks from Forged or just you? Uh, I'm flying down by myself, but I know that Ryan LaFree, Dewani, Matthew Tiemann, and uh, Mosin. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, fight coming from Forge Fitness Carry. That's awesome. And like I said, we'll have a comprehensive list of those competitors. We'll be sure to report local results. And so uh, we'll also get into another local competition that John did very well in uh, when we start our, our featured interview with John. But to continue the news segment, just have a couple of other items to announce. I keep talking about uh, the Dominica Oblanicha seminar. That's going to be February 17th and 18th. She's coming down to do two dates, one for women only, one co-ed. Part of why this is so exciting is that Dominica is the best in the world right now. She is the reigning, defending, double gold winner at the Worlds. That means she won both her weight class and absolute in 2015 and 2016. You may have seen her finals match at the European Open where she won absolute, beating no slouch herself, Mackenzie Dern. So don't miss a chance to come out and train with the best in the world. This is our first ever Dirty White Belt seminar. We're bringing those folks in. That will be February 17th, the women-only class at 7 p.m. at Elevate MMA. 
The very next day, she's going to come to Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Durham, North Carolina for a co-ed seminar. That's open to everybody at 11 a.m., three hours of training with the best in the world. You can register at dirtywhitebelt.com slash shop. So please, please, please come out and support that. I guarantee you won't be sorry. One other thing I want to announce before we get into talking about John's recent gold medal win at the UAE, BJ, UAE BJJ Pro in Orlando. It's a lot of ac- a lot of acronyms. It's a lot like of UAE JJF. Like, <laughs> right, right. PDQ. Like uh, the world needs more acronyms, or maybe fewer acronyms. But I want to I want to throw one other with the upcoming thing that's that's not recent, but is a cool, exciting announcement that just happened. Marcelo Garcia, one of the greatest competitors of all time, one of the most influential teachers and instructors, is coming to New Bern in May. The guys at Great Jiu Jitsu Newburn, Daniel Sandlin, Matt Messer are bringing him in. And I could not possibly be more excited to, to take that seminar and train with Marcelo. Yeah, some of those guys reached out to me about it. Um, they're doing like, I don't know, to me, it seems like they're kind of doing a nice favor to the North Carolina community. Um, if you, I think they're taking like 40, 40 people or something. It's a small number of people that they're taking. And I want to say it's $125. That's both correct. So, um, you, you know, if you can do math, you can you can multiply one twenty five times forty, and you realize that that is probably somewhere around half of Marcelo Garcia's seminar fee. So somebody in Newburn is is really really coughing up and you know trying to make it happen so that people in North Carolina can train with Marcelo Garcia, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, and thank you for that, guys. By the way, for bringing Marcelo in. You know, you never want to like don't ever turn down a chance to train with a a world champion or b one of the absolute greatest competitors ever. I believe this is a no gi seminar. Whether it was gi or no gi, you know, if Marcelo was going to teach me how to cross country ski, I'd probably show up and do it. So thanks for bringing him down. Uh, if you want to see the flyer and get all the details about how to register, go to uh, facebook.com/cagesideradio. That's our Facebook page, or you can search Dirty White Belt on Facebook. We posted the flyer. Uh, that's Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Newburn, but May 6th, Marcelo Garcia. And so that's the news. If we missed anything, feel, for, feel free to let us know on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll get at you next time. But uh, that's the news, and we're going to talk with our good friend John Bagels Telford for the featured interview. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company, featuring the best gis, rash guards, shirts, fight shorts, and all other products for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Toro BJJ is the best company to support for your grappling needs. Additionally, Toro BJJ does a lot to support our local community as well, and it's important to support those who support us. You can check them out online at torobjj.com or in person at 124 Ladder Road in the location of Cageside Fight Company and Triangle Jiu-Jitsu. Thanks to Toro BJJ for supporting this featured interview. So, John, uh, this past weekend, you competed at the UAE Jiu-Jitsu Federation's Orlando Pro Tournament, and you were able to win a gold medal um, at a very, very prestigious international tournament. So, congratulations. Thank you. Had this always been a goal for you to win? These are the same people that put on the Abu Dhabi Pro. Um, Had it been a goal for you to win this tournament? Yeah, for sure. So, I did this. I actually did this. um, One of these events was my first international event or, like, big, uh, big tournament at Brown Belt. I did about a year ago with C.J. Murdoch in New York. The two of us went up with Beverly to Brooklyn and did an event up there, and I finished third. Um, And it kind of like that event in New York was like an eye-opener to me where I realized, like, man, this is my first event, and I'm on the podium. Like, I belong here with these guys. And not only do I belong here, but I can be on the top of this podium. So to kind of come full circle in Orlando this weekend was really awesome. And... To, to get on top for sure. I remember I remember that bronze medal because interestingly, your reaction at the time was was disappointment. And a bunch of us said, yo, that's you know, to be 
competing at that level to get on the podium, particularly the first major event of that nature that you've done, is a, a tremendous achievement. But as a competitor, I imagine you feel the sting in the moment and are only able to gain some perspective later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, part of it, you know, not really knowing or understanding the depth to which I was in, right? S knowing the guys now that were on the podium with me, most of which are now black belts. These guys, like, I see them travel around. They're winning everything. So it wasn't like they got lucky that weekend. These guys are killers. Yeah, I remember one. I think the guy who won was Tiago Aguiar Abuj from Indeed. Unity BJJ. Just a beast and an awesome guy. Tremendous jiu-jitsu athlete. Second place was Scott Dance out of uh, Northern Virginia who just got his black belt maybe last weekend, I believe, which is really awesome for him. Um, and then... I think third place for that, they make you fight, which is great. So you don't have to stand there with somebody else and, like, fight over who's going to get the inside lane on the third place spot on the podium, right? Yeah, I just try and crowd the other guy and nobody make him feel wants, awkward. Nobody wants to admit that that's what happens. But, like, anybody who's ever gotten third place is like, all right, where is that guy? i gotta like, I got to beat him to the inside lane because everybody else looking on is like, they assume that you got fourth place if you're on the outside, right? These are the sort of inside details that you only get on Dirty White Belt Radio, particularly when we're talking with our friend John Bagels Telford. But yeah, like so bronze was terrific. It's awesome that you, you were able to step up and, and, and win. And so let's talk about your matches. Uh, how many matches did you have at this event? Just two. This was, they kind of changed their, their like prize structure for this event, and I think it backfired on them a little bit. Um, so I ended up having four people in my division, which isn't uncommon. Uh, this weekend in Atlanta, I have five. It's typically about that amount. So I had two matches uh, to win. Mm -hmm. And what was the prize structure, if you don't mind my asking? So for this one, they kind of tried to – it used to be that they would have an absolute. And if you, you, won, you won or placed in your division, you could qualify for the absolute. And they would split the absolute into two weight divisions. And the winner of each weight division would win an all-expenses-paid trip to Abu Dhabi, like Kim Rice won last year at the event in New York that CJ and I were at. We actually talked about that, right? Came in and did an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this year, I guess they, I guess somebody decided that that was a lot of money to spend. So they decided to do this kind of qualifying structure where each event you accrued points, and the person with the most points at the end of the year would then qualify for this trip to Abu Dhabi. Well... I think with about a couple weeks left to go in registration for this event, and it was at like 60 or something, it was a very low registration, they realized they messed up. So they went and changed changed their prizing structure again for the Brooklyn one that's coming up and have switched it back to getting the trip. So there was no absolute. Mm, only a, weight division. It was kind of a bummer. But well, th Are you going to do the Brooklyn one as well? Possibly. I'm lucky I have some sponsors that are going to support me to go do that one in Brooklyn if I, if it's possible. I kind of want to focus on Atlanta this weekend, see how that goes, and then I'm heading to Europe to do the London Open March 1st. So if I end up doing the, the UAE in Brooklyn, I get one week off before going to Europe, and I, I might want two weeks off before Europe. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That's an intense competition schedule. Yeah. And it's good to have ambitious competition goals as you do, and, and, and it's always great when those high goals come to fruition. And so can you talk to me about your two matches, like what happened in each of those matches? Um, the first match, I pulled guard and started to like undress the guy because you know you must undress the guy. <laughs> so once I got the lapel out, I started to set up the Daniel Frank Worm and Bolo special, and I went to like Worm and Bolo him. But 
he kind of did like a weird thing where instead of kind of either falling to his hip or falling to his shoulder, like either way, like you would typically typically fall on a barambolo, he just kind of like died in side control. So like <laughs> there was like a weird pause where I kind of looked at him and then I just got on top and got two points. It was great. It was great. So then we kind of scrambled a little bit and in the past he kind of came up to his feet and we ended up getting reset back in the middle of the mat on the feet on the reset i i went to pull guard again and it was sort of somewhat of an ill-timed guard pull and i pulled directly into his double leg so like as soon as i pulled before my back hit the mat i knew like oh he's gonna get two points for this and i immediately hit a sleeve grip elbow roll that jason colbra showed me a couple weeks ago so it was for me it was very satisfying to use a very what someone would call like a high level sporty technique in the like the worm and bolo the lapel guard. I got two points for that, and then the securing two points was just a basic like day one sit up sweep or like hip bump sweep. Right, um, came to top, finished the match on top four to two. That's excellent, and I think that's that's a wonderful way to win. As you know, I'm a huge fan of the Worm and Bolo, the Baron Bolo, and Daniel Frank generally. Oh, oh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but but like one thing that I always tell the student, you and I both teach early morning jujitsu classes, and the thing I teach I, I, those the white belts is, man, the elbow roll, the hip bump, the basic stuff that never stops working, even at the highest levels, you still see those day one, those really introductory fundamental techniques. And, you know, even at the pro level, at the high level brown belt matches, that stuff can win you matches. And so for sure. Mm-hmm. Then the, then we moved on to the finals and the, the setup, the setup here for this event was a lot different. So they had, like, if you imagine those of you that were at uh, IBJJF Charlotte, the Charlotte Open, you had the, the stadium seating up on the second level that went up. And then you had all the crowd that was sitting down on the, on the ground and gathered around the yellow barricade around the matches. Well, for this event, nobody was allowed down on the ground. So everybody was forced to sit and stay up on the second floor in the, in like the stadium seating. So how far away, like in, in yards, would you say they were probably like 20 yards fit 10? Yeah. Like the second floor, you're on the second floor, like a balcony and you're looking down into this. Imagine at the Durham armory, everybody's on the second floor. And it's just mats down on the first floor. So the com- from the competitor's standpoint, you know, if you had a coach there to coach you, they couldn't really coach you yeah. that, that effectively. But if you were, say, a guy that flew in from North Carolina, right, and you're like the single gringo in the room, it was nice because none of the other people were hearing their coaches. Um, but then that kind of forced all the spectators to gather around the railing, as they will, Right, so everybody's standing in front of the railing, and we're watching. And the tournament officials do something that Bryce Lighthall and I thought was just insane. As each match ends, each referee would like cross their arms and turn around and face the crowd, to the point where all of the matches had stopped, and all of the referees are turned around in their suits, in their ties, arms crossed, staring at the crowd. The lady comes on the microphone. She says, "Attention." We will not be resuming matches until everyone sits down. And they literally just stop the tournament. Hold. Freeze. We're not doing any matches until all you idiots go sit down. And they and they did it. Like, it was crazy. That's super wild. What, what, what was their rationale? Why did they want people to sit down? One was everybody was standing in what would be the walkway slash fire exit slash view of the mats. 
So if everybody's standing there the whole time, then nobody can see. And if you've been to any of the the UAE or the Abu Dhabi events, they try to run a very, very professional event. All the referees are in suit and tie. You know, it's very, like, quiet, um, lots of bowing. They weren't raising people's hands anymore after the match. It's like when you won your match and the match ended, they would just kind of point at you. It was a very interesting experience. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. What a, what an interesting structure. Um, and I imagine it'll be similar. Well, I, I wonder if it'll be the same in Brooklyn, but I suppose we'll find out if you wind up going. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. So tell me about your finals match. Uh, the finals match was good again. Uh, this guy was uh, sponsored by Flow Kimonos, a very successful purple belt competitor. I think he was recently promoted to brown belt. Um, we came out. I, I ended up pulling guard. And trying to go for a sweep, and uh, we kind of scrambled a little bit and came back to the feet. And he hit a very well-timed, like, blast double leg. Like, this guy double-legged me through the floor. But on the way down, I was able to wrap just like a basic guillotine. So by the time my back hit the mat, I closed my guard and finished just a basic, like, not even a high elbow, but kind of a like a, a high-risk guillotine. And finish the match. Wow, pretty fast finish too. Huh? Yeah, it was maybe like a minute and a half in or so. It was nice because I was I was tired from the first match. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. And you know, so it's always more satisfying to win by submission, right? Well, yeah, because you're not as tired. <laughs> it's kind of one of those, you know, whenever that kind of stuff happens to me, especially that position. Like, not to discredit this guy at all. He's a very nice guy, very good competitor. But the minute that he starts tapping. I always remember looking at the looking at his hand tapping and thinking like no way. Like no way it was this easy. No way I actually won like this, right? Like every every time I win a big match by submission like that, it feels like like I cheated almost. Like like I took the easy way out instead of going the full ridiculous like 8 minutes or whatever it is. It's like, "Oh man, I only fought for a minute and a half. Like don't tell anybody." <laughs> well, as Tito Ortiz once said, "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." Right, 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 right. So it's always very very satisfying to to get the submission, especially without having to fight forever. <laughs> Most definitely, and you know, seriously, a really prestigious win. Would you, would you say this is the biggest tournament win of your career? Probably so far. It's my first time winning um, winning a gi competition at Brown Belt. I won the new New York Open no gi at Brown Belt, but this is my first time on top of the podium in the gi in the Brown Belt. And the gi is obviously where I spend most of my time. I don't train no gi at all. I like to compete no gi because it's another chance to compete at most of these events. But it was very satisfying to finally, finally make it to the top. There was a there was definitely a pause after the match where I sat there on the mat and took a deep breath and kind of soaked it all in. And then I stood up and came back to things. Oh, what can you describe how how it felt like when it when it, when it sunk in that you had won? Well, so this tournament for me was really tough because I a week before the event I had a root canal, I had to have a root canal, and so afterwards, anytime my heart rate would start to become elevated, my face on that side of my mouth would just start throbbing as soon as the blood would start pumping to it. So for a week leading up to this, doing my cardio and trying to get ready, I was essentially having to like mentally block out this like throbbing pain in my face every time I started to work hard. And like 
is anybody who knows me and has seen me do cardio before knows I don't really need any extra excuses to not do cardio. So to sort of push through the face pounding and kind of make things happen was very satisfying. And then I ended up getting a, like a sinus congestion cold, um, traveling down and just kind of feeling like, man, everything's sort of like piling up against me for this event. But I mentally told myself like, look, bagels, just push all that stuff to the side. Forget about all that. It's time to go like handle your business, go compete. It's time to have some fun and like get on top of the podium. And it's exactly what happened. You know, it's crazy if you believe in yourself and kind of don't let self-doubt or you know negative talk come into your headspace as crazy as that sounds i feel like the the outcome or the results are very much connected mm-hmm. how long does the glow of a big tournament win and last for you before you start thinking about the next one um so i was thinking about the next one that night at dinner <laughs> but i'm sitting at i'm sitting at dinner with bryce lighthall and his team from alliance orlando which is headed up by eight-time world champion Bruno Malfacine, who is extremely, extremely nice and very fun to be around. But he's sitting at the head of the table one seat away from me. He's an eight-time world champion. He's the best in the world eight times. It's hard not to think about trying to be the best in the world when you're in that environment, right? So, you know, I'm immediately thinking about my preparations for Atlanta, my preparations for London, and trying to trying to get ready and go do my thing again. This is Dirty White Belt Radio on WHUPFM. My name is Jeff Shaw, and speaking of Bruno Malfasini, eight-time world champion, um, and we spoke of Daniel Frank earlier, we're running a series on the website right now where Daniel Frank lists his best jiu-jitsu competitors of all time, and he organizes them by decade, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s, the decade we're in so far, and we're going to run something this coming Monday where he aggregates those and ranks the best of all time, and I will not say where Bruno is on the list, but I will say Bruno is on the list, so you can go to dirtywhitebelt.com and check that out on the blog. Now, yes, certainly in the conversation of you know, certainly of the greatest ever at his weight class, and you know, maybe he is hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, I go to a lot of these events. I'm by myself. I travel around the country. I like go to one of these gyms or these stadiums or arena, wherever it is, and I walk into a room full of killers, and I sit there by myself most of the time, right? So for this event, I was hanging out with Bryce's team, which was nice. And, you know, Bruno's just sitting there hanging out with these guys. And most of the time is spent, from from what I could tell, you know, he's, if his guys aren't competing, he's on his phone like everybody else in America, and he's looking at his social media stuff. And so what was very funny and entertaining to me was he's got very good English. But, you know, occasionally there's some words or phrases that he might not understand or need some help with. So he's kind of like, Every now and then he's turning to the to the team, to the crowd, like asking them to translate something or, you know, proofread something for him before he sends it out. And I guess somebody had commented on his Instagram, like a post BOA, trying to say like a like boah. a like a boah, right? <laughs> Some American person. And he turns around, he's like, oh, oh, what is a BOA, guys? <laughs> And they're like, they're, they know. I think they're just messing with him because they do this all the time. They're like, I don't know, Bruno, like, Google it. And he's like, yeah, I did. It's a Bank of America. I do not understand why he would, like, uh, message me Bank of America. <laughs> like, I'm dying laughing. And finally, somebody speaks up and is like, Bruno, I think it's an American person trying to do the BOA thing. 
And then he like he got really upset. He's like, but that just doesn't make any sense. This isn't like the proper placement for that word. Like you wouldn't use that here. <laughs> I was dying laughing. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And it's fun to sort of see uh you know, to get a window into that lifestyle of the eight-time world champion because, you know, good friend Bryce Lighthall trains down there. And uh, it's also fun to watch them on Instagram. Every so often I see Bruno in a picture with Bryce's dog, Spike. And that's, yeah. That's killer. Yeah, Bryce has nothing but incredible things to say about him and the training and, you know, everything he's been getting down there. Um, Bryce's dog, Spike. I want to say part of my success has to have come from Spike. Spike snuggled me the night before for, like, an hour from, like, 2.30 to 3.30 a.m., I got a good spike snuggle in, so I think part of the success was from that. You know, uh, Spike does have the snuggle magic, and uh, and I would point out Spike is a rescue dog. Bryce would love it if I would say go out and rescue a dog. So I will <laughs> go out and rescue a dog, everybody. You won't, you won't, you won't be sad. Um, so let's wrap up the competition conversation before we talk about Toro Cup. You mentioned you have, you know, you're competing in Atlanta. Uh, you may or may not compete at this Brooklyn Pro. You're going to compete in Europe. Do you have a uh, tell us a little about your competition schedule this year? Um, so right now, that's Europe is as far as I have. Um, I plan on going to do the London Open, and then uh, my amazing girlfriend, Beverly, is about to go to Italy Friday. She'll be there for a month working in a hospital um, in Sicily. So then March 3rd, she will fly over to London and watch me compete on the 4th, and then we'll go to Paris and Rome and do a little traveling, a little jiu-jitsu, nice and business-like, Right. Got to get some business in. Totally, dude. Like, like in all seriousness, let's you, me, and Beverly sit down sometime and talk about Sicily because I spent some time there and it is so fantastic. And she'll be there for a month. That's terrific. That's true. The food is amazing. The scenery is great. The history, the the tourism is terrific. And I have some funny jujitsu stories from Sicily that I'll have to tell sometime, but maybe not on this show. Maybe we'll tell that. We'll have Beverly on, and we we can all get in the studio when she comes back. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Eamon Madden's place in london and train with him and uh i think i might uh drop in and train with his kids some there which should be fun i'm excited to see some little british kids and their accents which i just <laughs> adore you should try to speak in the accent while you're there no i'll just not. be in the corner giggling they're like bagels but seriously come teach and move i'm like hey, hey, hey say biscuit again <laughs> <laughs> uh, meat biscuit so so Bagels the competitor. We've talked about Bagels the competitor. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bagels the matchmaker um, because, you know, you're sponsored by Toro BJJ, a local brand that does a ton to support local jiu-jitsu athletes, local fighters, um, and Toro puts on the Toro Cup. We talk about the Toro Cup. It's really gratifying to see how much it's grown and how much it's become sort of a fixture in the community, and it seems like this is going to be the biggest Toro Cup yet. I would have to agree. I think, you know, when I started doing these, I was just a competitor. That you You would have me on the Toro Cup. And it was, I didn't really understand what was happening at first with the idea. But now it's kind of, with all the super fights going on right now, that promotions that people are doing, um, I really enjoy the Toro Cup. I find it, uh, I mean, it's a great day of jiu-jitsu matches, but more so for me, it's a day of community. Um, it's a collection of, you know, people that I really enjoy being around and people that I share a lot of common ground with. Um all getting together and, you know, people are there to support one person or another person, but nobody's there to, like, root against anybody, you know. So in this day and age, that's kind of a nice atmosphere to be in, right, when, you know, everybody is kind of there for the positive and supporting each other. It's, it's just very nice. And to be able to make some money and donate money to charity at the same time, like, you know, be able to sell product, be able to donate a nice chunk of change to charity at each one of these is pretty awesome 
for sure. And like the the charity for this time again is going to be Geese for GIs, which provides Geese uh, Jiu-Jitsu gear for active duty service members and veterans, which is a tremendous cause. Something we can we can all get behind. Um, and you mentioned also that it's a community event. One of the things I've always liked about Toro Cup as it's grown is you all are conscious of getting athletes from different schools together in like a wide variety of schools. Do you know how many schools are represented on this card? I, I'll have to check again in a minute. But at last check, we've had a couple match changes. But at last check, I had at least 30 different academies represented on this card. And those aren't academies from like California. The majority of those... Almost all of those academies are North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, and maybe one from Georgia. So, like, I, there isn't there isn't a gym in the triangle that I know of that isn't represented on this card or wasn't at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of their people got injured or something. But I tried to do a very good job of, you know, getting a getting a large pool of people, um, and a large different pool of people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, injuries happen. Stuff stuff comes up in people's lives, and so we'll forgive you for all the all the match changes that we'll inevitably announce. But let's go down the card, and I <gasps> I would like to start before we go down the card proper. I want to ask you, you John, what is the one match you are most looking forward to on this card? <sighs> Can I pick a gi and a no gi? Absolutely, fair? absolutely fair. Okay, well, I think the no gi is easy. I think. You know, maybe it's not that easy, but <laughs> there is the no gi championship of the world that's happening. I mean, it's like it's like the most elite championship there is. Yeah, very like, prestigious. No, yeah, will, yeah. It's so elite that you get absolutely zero dollars for winning it. <laughs> it's that elite. Well, you know, you don't want to give them too much. If like the prestige being so much, well, then they won't dollar, come back. Dollars would just then they won't it, come back. Really. Um, but that match for the no gi world championship of the universe in all the worlds is going to be Josh Williams of Dosher's Martial Arts, who most of you have seen at Toro Cup in the past, heel-hooking his way through lots of people, um, versus Bobby Gurley out of Octagon MMA in Greensboro. Bobby Bobby has won at least the past couple uh, U.S. grappling events I've seen him compete in, and I know he did very well at the last Pro Jitsu event. Um, Bobby's a big guy. I'm excited for this matchup. I think... It should be interesting to see Josh Williams' leg lock style versus Bobby Gurley's all around, just all around good jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, I don't know of any like real hole in Bobby Gurley's game. He seems to be pretty solid all around. So I'm interested to see that matchup. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've been talking to some folks in the community. I talked to Andrew Bittner about this match. And this yeah, is, this is one of the matches that I'm most excited about as well because Josh has looked just like a beast in all of his Toro Cup matches. Is good on top. Is good on bottom. Is good standing. Almost like leg- like again. No offense to his opponents. Like him and Andrew Bittner was an insane match. Yeah. But his facial expression. It's like he's not like. Are you are you trying? Are you, is this hard? Like that match was insane. Yeah, yeah. Like Andrew Bittner tried to rip his leg off a gajillion times, and it's just like stone, yeah. nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, that guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. And so, like, and and you know, as you mentioned, Bobby Gurley did terrific at the recent yeah. jiu-jitsu. Like, very, very difficult. Like, and he does have really good all-around jiu-jitsu. But one thing I notice is you don't want him on top of you. And so, I'll be really interested to see how Josh's leg lock game and all-around jiu-jitsu matches up with that. So, and and to be to be completely honest about Bobby Gurley, Bobby Gurley approached me multiple Toro Cups ago and wanted to get on Toro Cup, and I was like, Bobby, you don't really compete, like. I mean, like, I, I know who you are, but, like, you don't really compete. He was like, oh, okay. 
And so he like shut me up. He shows up at all these events and starts beating everybody. So like I have no choice, you know what I mean, to put you on the card, right? So I, all the guys in Bobby Gurley's brackets are like, "Thanks, bagels." <laughs> you hey, made, you made hey him man, like up. you you want it? You want super fight matches? You ask how to get super fight matches? I give you the recipe. If you follow the recipe, you get super fight matches. Like you know, he at the time when he first asked me, he wasn't he wasn't doing a whole lot of tournaments, wasn't competing a whole lot. I was like, man, you just got to compete some. Like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to showcase the guys who are going out there and competing, not necessarily who the best guy in each gym is, right? And so he listened to me. He went out and been on a tear ever since. I'm excited to see him continue. Yeah, and you know, I think that really is the recipe. And I think folks that that want to get on future super fight cards, whether it be Toro Cup or Pro Jitsu or what have you, need to understand that. And that, like. Because, A, opportunities will always pop up because people do get injured, people's schedules change and such. And so there will always be opportunities. And when your mind goes to, like, oh, who do I know that – oh, who's been winning the absolute at Purple Belt? Who's been winning Who's winning the U.S. grappling tournaments at Brown Belt? And those are the folks that – Again, like of each mind. event, I literally – I take the results from our event, from U.S. grappling events. I take the results. I look at the results from Naga, and I look at the results from New Breed. Ugh. I know. It, it, it's hard to even go to those two websites because they're just so broy and tattooy. I feel like I'm going to get a tribal tattoo just when I go to the Naga website. But I go look at the results. I look at the advanced divisions. I look at the higher-level divisions, and I see who won. And the people who win are people that I'm generally contacting to compete. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for high-level grapplers. What's the best way to find high-level grapplers? Well, we have these competitions. And you can tell who the high-level ones are by the ones that have the one next to their name. And the beauty of that as well, talking about community, like building the martial arts community and building the scene, is that that is a self-perpetuating cycle of building the scene, right? If you're like, okay, I want to get on Toro Cup, so I go compete at U.S. Grappling. I improve my skills because I'm competing against some of the top-level competitors out there. If I win, oh, that provides a feeder pool for these other events. Now you have bigger divisions at U.S. Grappling, and we all make each other better, right? Like uh, You mentioned that as, as the belt rank increases— Divisions often get smaller just because as folks fall away. And so I know, like, I was talking to Tim Hufford about this at U.S. Grappling, the last U.S. Grappling. Tim was like, man, you know, I wasn't going to compete because I thought all the same old guys were going to be in my division. And now I see all these new guys. and I'm like, man, I want to get out there. And and that's good for everybody because when you get out and you compete against someone you haven't competed against, you don't know that the guy can blast W from across the way. You don't know if he has good judo. You don't know if he's going to pull guard. And it just makes everybody better and builds the scene. For sure. I think— the sooner that people get out of the mentality, I, I, I think of it as the old mentality of I'm not going to sign up for this event because there's never anybody in my division. Well, there would be one person in your division if you signed up, right? That would start with the one person. That's you. You sign up, and then maybe somebody else will sign up, mm-hmm. right? But it's never just going to like you're not going to go from zero competitors in, say, like the women's purple belt division. You're not going to go from zero to 50. It's not going to happen. It's going to be smaller. It's just going to be a couple, then like four. But until people start registering for these divisions, it's, it's just the way it's going to be. Um, I think every year it, it gets more and more. You know, last year I competed against a lot of the same people all over the country. Last weekend I had three people in my division that I had never competed against or seen before. Mm-hmm. This weekend in my division in Atlanta, same thing. Four other people, I know one of them. But I've never competed against either any of them before. So, like, you've got to give it some time sometimes and understand that, you know, okay, maybe people got promoted since the last time I tried to compete, right? Maybe somebody else is coming to this event now since the last time I tried to compete. 
But if you don't sign up, you definitely don't get any matches. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You can't you can't win if you don't sign up. Yeah. And plus it's just, it's just it's it's a anyway. Uh, the we always talk about how US grappling are the best run local tournaments and I and you know, and um, they're okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But to get back on track, so that's your favorite no-gi match, or the no-gi match that you're looking most forward to. You mentioned that you had a favorite gi match that you wanted to cite as well. What, what is that match? I think it will probably be CJ Murdoch versus David Porter. Dude, I'm, I am looking forward to that so much. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, both of those guys bring a lot of their own personality to the match. You know, CJ has his personality. David has his personality. I expect for them to both show up and put on quite a show. Have you asked them to make a particular weight, or is it just show up, come as you are? It's come as you are. They're both about the same. David's a little bit bigger than CJ, but yes, you know, not. David. David is one of the most like honorable men in the game, if you will. Right. So like, I'm sure even though I haven't been like, yo, David, don't show up at 400 pounds. Like he's gonna show up around. 165 would be my guess, 170. I remember for his Toro Cup match against Cody, Cody Malte, which was also an excellent match between two excellent, excellent competitors, you know, David was staying at my house, and he shows up, and I'm like, oh, man, hey, man, you want to have dinner? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my weight. I was like, oh, did, did Boomer or Bagels ask you to make a particular weight? He's like, no, I just want to be sure I'm at this number to be fair to Cody. And, like, that's why I agree with you about, like, I mean, he's about the honorable man thing. It's like no one has said you have to be this weight, but he's like, yeah, I just don't want to. Be that guy that comes in forty pounds. <laughs> so for like for Toro Cup, we traditionally do not do weigh-ins. Mm -hmm. um, idea being that like when I do the matching, I get guys. I ask for their like their normal walk-around weight, right? If you want to lie to me about it, that's fine. When you show up, I'm gonna tell that you're two hundred pounds and you're never gonna come back again, right? And nobody will love you, but right. But most people are pretty honest in this game, right? Idea being that I want you to show up to do jujitsu as best as you possibly can. I don't need you training to get on a scale, right? I, we're not here to for a figure competition. I want to see the best Jeff Shaw versus the best bagels possible. And that means eat whatever you want, right? Yeah. Like, I match you up pretty close to what you're at, but, like, man, if five pounds is going to make that big of a difference, you should probably work on your technique a little bit. Well said, well said. I mean, it's like Hickson said, right? If you think too much about weight, there's a problem with your jiu-jitsu, you know? Right. You... Oh, and I know for me, like, when I compete, one of the biggest – like like most of the anxiety or a lot of the anxiety comes from that whole process of like, oh, I've got to do this whole thing where I have to make weight and like blah, blah, blah. Man, I just like eat, show up, compete. I feel like that's the best way to have people perform their best and put on the best show for the crowd. Couldn't agree more. And this is why absolute divisions are, are really fun to watch too is it's like, all right, you know. You By that time of the day, everybody's eating up. People are refueled. Nobody's, nobody's nervous about weighing in or making weight. Everybody's hydrated. Indeed, indeed. Well, so those are two terrific matches, but those aren't going to be the only matches that we talk about. And we will get a copy of the full card that we're going to post on uh, on DirtyWhiteBelt.com. We'll post that on our Facebook page so you can check out all these matches. Obviously, we can't go into all 20-some matches, but I have some matches that you told me about that I would like to highlight. Are there other matches that you think maybe they're, not, you know, for whatever reason you think should be really interesting and entertaining? Let's hear yours first. So the one that I'm really looking forward to, you know, CJ and, and Dave Porter is probably the one that I'm most looking forward to. Both of those guys are just such tremendous practitioners, such good competitors. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Josh Murdoch against Anthony Elbert in the Gi. Uh, because both of those guys, regular active competitors, both beasts, both have had Toro Cup matches before the, where they performed admirably, um, and just both really good representatives of jiu-jitsu with like, really great attitudes. 
And I'm very interested to see how those guys stack up against each other. I know it'll be fast-paced. I know that both guys will be attacking. I know both guys will go for the submission. And I have no idea what's going to happen. So uh, so that's that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't get a pre—oh, no, maybe we won't. They were in the same division for this weekend, but I think Anthony moved up a weight class. Thank you for eating, Anthony. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that, that that match won't get ruined. But, yes, that was a match that—that that was one of the first matches I set for this event. Um, after both of their their previous performances, like man, it was like killer, killer. Let's have the killers fight each other. It'll be great, right? Easy match. But yeah, I think that one's gonna be pretty awesome. People are definitely excited for those two. Yeah, and you know, both of those guys like always come to compete and never make excuses and just are always like. And, and one of the things that I love that Josh has said is like he wants to to because sh- people sometimes hate on the gi, which I don't understand. But Josh is like, I want to show that gi jujitsu is super exciting, and it is. And if you watch a Josh Murdoch match, like his match with DeAndre was incredibly exciting, and uh, DeAndre Corbet. So, yeah. So how about you? What are some some of the other matches you want to highlight? Um, I've got a juvenile match, two 16-year-old blue belts, Devin Stevens, Chad Stevens' kid, versus Nathaniel Hunt. Um, Devin Stevens is out of Section 8 MMA, and Nathaniel Hunt is out of Pendergrass Academy. Uh, I've never trained with Devin. I have rolled with Nathaniel before, and he is a killer. Like, these kids, like, I know he competes as a blue belt adult and does pretty well in the adult division in U.S. grappling. So I'm interested to see that match, and I'm I'm excited to give some young up-and-coming competitors, you know, a chance to showcase their skills a little bit for a crowd. Um, another match that I think is going to be pretty good is going to be Taylor Saucer versus Iman Bilbasi. Those are both purple belts. Uh, Taylor's out of Gustavo Machado in Virginia Beach, and Iman Bilbasi is from Team Rock Fayetteville. I think that match is going to be pretty awesome. I haven't never seen Iman roll, but everybody who I know who knows her says nothing but really good things about her. So I'm pretty excited for that match. And eh, what else we got that's super exciting? That we're ready to announce. Like Now, you did have another couple black belt matches, and I'm not sure what the status of those is right now. Oh, yeah. We got, we're going to have Mark Yates from Zenith in Elevate MMA. He's a, he just moved recently to the area and is training over there with Cody. He's going to have a match against Chico Santiago from Brazil 0-2-1 out of Jacksonville, North Carolina. Those guys are both like 225. So that should be pretty awesome. Get some big boys moving around. We're going to have Cody Malte taking on Nicholas Walters. So Cody coming fresh off his MMA fight is going to hop right back into things and take on Nicholas Walters in the gi. And then the main event will be Nakapon at a Beta Academy versus Rafaelo Tractor Oliveira, who used to fight in the UFC and trains out of Krav Maga... Charleston, I believe. Krav Maga and MMA in Charleston, North Carolina. I think he is the coach of former competitor Glayton Mello, oh. who had a match with CJ a couple cards ago. Yeah, Glayton's really impressive. Put on a tremendous performance. Those are excellent matches, man. I'm I'm very excited to, to see Mark Yates roll with Chico. Like It's always fun to watch the heavyweight guys go at it. Both of those guys look really physically strong. I haven't rolled with either one of them. And Cody against Nicholas Walters is going to be a fun event because both those guys have split two matches at Brown Belt, I believe, where one guy won gi, one guy won no gi. I forget who won which, but this will be a really fun rubber match, and neither of them have competed with each other at Black Belt. Right. As far as I know, that I don't think they have. They might have competed at the Dorton Arena Raleigh event, but I'm not sure. I know another match that's going to be pretty great it should be uh, Bumpkin, Jason Wingate. 
is going to make his return to the Toro Cup. And he's going to be taking on Jeff Daughtry out of Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. So I think those two guys, both smaller brown belts, should be a very technical, possibly fast-paced match, but definitely full of technique. I should should be pretty exciting. Yeah, that'll be a really a really technical match. Jeff Daughtry coming off a Toro Cup win against Pete Lilja, um, and it'll be great to see Jason Wingate compete again. You know, Bumpkin hasn't competed super much in the last couple of years. You know, because he's been being Doctor Bumpkin, uh, professor of 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 uh, professor of smart things, and but he's really like if you haven't seen Bumpkin roll. Like, he had a really terrific match at Toro Cup against Sean Zorio, which was also a very technical match between two friends. And Bumpkin is one of the most fun guys to watch roll because he does, he knows a lot of jiu-jitsu, and he does a funky kind of, he does some funky, like, Hobson Mora stuff yeah. that, that you don't see a lot around here, and so it's always entertaining to watch him roll. For sure. I'm excited to see that match and to see him make his return to the competition scene. Hopefully we can see him at some more events, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So how many matches total do we have as of now? Right now there are 22 matches. So going to be and so we always have, you know, food trucks and uh and stuff, uh, you know, what kind of amenities can people expect at the Toro Cup this time? I am not 100% sure about the food this time. I know that there will be cookies from Yellow Bear Bakery. Mm. Um some delicious chocolate chip and maple snickerdoodle co- cookies. I believe almost all the Samoas have been pre-ordered and purchased already. <laughs> Those things are popular, man. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty great. They almost had me not make weight for <laughs> for Orlando. You know, of all the questions I get, I seriously, I ask people to send me in questions for bagels, and the common theme every time you're on the show is ask bagels how he ever makes weight since Beverly bakes the things that she posts. It's the rations. We <laughs> talked about it before. She like she makes me a little whatever she makes. She makes like a giant portions of stuff, right? She then makes a little bag for bagels. And that little bag goes in the freezer. And so I can go in the freezer and take out, like, one cookie at a time and let it defrost and then eat it. But then, like, by the time I go get another cookie and let it defrost, it's been too long. So I just eat one cookie at a time. It's, she's trained me well. Yeah, it's important. you got to have your technique not just in your jiu-jitsu but in your jiu-jitsu preparation. The freezer Ooh. technique. Freezer yeah. technique. Freezer technique. got to manage those fluffy carbs. And for, for real. For real. Fluffy carbs. It's important. Um, so – 20-some matches. Uh, what time does the card start? 10 a.m.? It's going to oh. start at 11. It's going to start at 11 this time. So we're not going to live stream this event. You know, a Boomer has uh, – we we will probably be recording the matches. They'll show yeah. up on Facebook and YouTube at some point. But if you want to check out Toro Cup, you're going to have to show up. I believe it's a $10 admission fee. And remember that half of your admission fee, I believe, is going to go to support Geese for GIs. So if you come out, you'll get see 22 matches. You'll see – Men's matches, women's matches, gi matches, no gi matches, juvenile matches. Just there's going to be something for everybody. I yeah, think. Yeah, we'll have more more women's matches on this card than we've ever had in the past. I think we have four or five at the moment. Mm-hmm. Which should I, be pretty good. Some some nice purple belt matches. High level high level grapplers should be great. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Kim Rice. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose we're breaking news that Kim, yeah. Kim Rice's opponent unfortunately is injured, and so yeah, she hurt her knee. She got somebody heel hooked her, I think, and. <sighs> Her, she messed up her knee really bad. So hopefully we can set that match up for a future card. I know both those ladies are really interested in competing against one another. Um, I was interested in watching that match for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Amber Habel is going to compete against Maggie McDowell, which will be, and you mentioned Iman Bilbasi against Taylor Schosser. Yep. And uh, Lori Poor, she'll take on Chelsea Kurtzman. Yeah, no, Lori is Lori's a stone killer. Lori has, uh, and just tremendous technique, had a really memorable match at... Um, 
Uh, she's had actually several memorable matches at local Superfight cards. She was on the last Toro Cup against uh, Emma Baker from yep. Great Grappling. Per- tremendous performance by Lori. Ends up winning by Armbar, I think. I believe so. Yeah. She was at our event, the Concussion Cast Carnival, back when we were the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Competed against Mary. Lost by Armbar. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, losing to Mary Holmes is uh, is a thing that we can all identify right, with. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Lori, you know, training out of Nakapon's gym, uh, Beta Academy in D.C. She's always fun to watch. Really terrific technique. So, so yeah, and it's it's exciting to have like more women's matches, and I think as more, you know, as the scene grows, with more women purple belts, with more women brown belts, you're going to see more of this type of uh, this type of event. Yeah, I'd love to find be able to find a matchup for Caitlin Huggins on one of these. I'd really I'd really like to see her compete. Um, find somebody to compete with her. Um, you know, this event I was really trying to put put a lot of those women on the card. I put as many as I could find matches for on there. So the future I only see it growing and. And you know, becoming more popular. Yeah, most definitely. And like, and we are going to run another uh, our first Dirty White Belt Radio event at some point here. We thought we had a date scheduled. As it turns out, eh, not so sure about this. But we'll, hopefully, we'll make some announcements because I would love. You know, Caitlin. Uh, you mentioned Caitlin Huggins, who's been our guest, who's all, another Toro BJJ sponsored athlete, who is a, a, a high level women black belt woman black belt competitor. It's just tough to find matches locally without traveling. And so one thing we've always wanted to try and do is bring in, you know, for the Concussion Cast event, we brought in Sam Fallhaber, which, and they, the two of them put on an amazing match. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think that was one of the best received matches of the event. And so we've talked about, like, bringing in, a, you know, so if you are a woman black belt about Caitlin Huggins' size and you're interested in competing on a super fight, hit up me or Bagels and we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to make that match happen. Yeah, for sure. So are you already thinking about Toro Cup 7, or, or is it just uh, focused like a laser on February 11th? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, Boomer and I, we, we already started talking about trying to figure out some dates and trying to trying to get it sorted. Hopefully, we should have a date nailed down for for Toro Cup 7th f- for this event. Mm-hmm. So at this event, we should be able to announce when the next event will be, yeah. which will be great. Yeah, so of, of all the many reasons to show up at Toro Cup, this is going to be February 11th, starts at 11 a.m. at Cageside Fight Company slash Triangle Jiu-Jitsu. The address is 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina. You can see 20-some amazing jiu-jitsu matches. You can participate in a community event that supports the local scene. You can benefit a great charity, Geese for GIs, and you can get an exclusive announcement about the next Toro Cup event that'll that'll happen live for uh, just uh, all and eat baked goods from Yellow Bear Bakery. Baked goods, right? I think Ruckus Pizza might be there selling mm-hmm. some pizzas. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I know they're a huge sponsor for this event, really making it happen. I know that they're possibly for Tour Cup Seven. We might be looking at a couple cash prizes for some of the main events and black belt competitors. Spice it up a little bit. Um, that's all thanks to Ruckus. So hopefully we can, you know, people want to go out and support Ruckus Pizza so they'll keep supporting us, right? Yeah, no, it's it's really important. Like one of the things, and you, you know, we're Dirty White Belt Radio was also a proud sponsor of Toro Cup. And it's sort of one of those things that you have to support the people that support you, right? And the companies that support you, the nonprofits and whatnot. And it's part of the way that, a you know, it's interesting because for a something that is ostensibly a competitive enterprise, right? You know, you and I, we have a match, we compete against each other, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And yet there still is a mutual element of community support where some of the people that I've bonded with the most in my life are people that I've competed against, that have that have beaten me up, right? And 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 it's it's a it's a really powerful sort of experience to to watch athletes that are high level athletes really go at it for ten minutes or fifteen minutes or however long and then just come out like with enormous mutual respect and shared goals for sure i think that's one of the the greatest benefits of torah cup right mm-hmm. yeah i would say so 
And while we're on this, and like, and just to, just to close this out here, the rules are a little bit different this time, or the time limits are a little bit different. The rules, the rule set is still the same, and I do think that the rule set for Toro Cup is one of the most exciting rule sets to watch. So maybe you can explain to the listeners. Uh, what yeah, so the about. the rule set's the same. The time has just changed. So for um, black belts, the matches will be there's a 15 minute submission only round to start the match. Then at the end of that 15 minutes, if nobody gets submitted, they will immediately stand up and begin a five-minute points round with no advantages. And this will be by U.S. grappling rules, right? So at the end of that points round, if there is no winner or it is a tie, they will immediately stand back up and begin a sudden death round. First person to score will win. Again, no advantages, right? So then the rule set is essentially the same for the others except for Everybody below black belt will have a 10-minute submission-only round, followed by a 5-minute points round, and then sudden death. Each of these divisions, again, will follow U.S. grappling rule set. So blue belts will compete with a blue belt rule set. No-gi competitors will compete at no-gi advanced. So, John, final question for you about Toro Cup, and then we'll talk about, and then we'll give you an opportunity to talk about anything that you wanted that we didn't cover. Final question for you about Toro Cup. If I'm a local competitor, maybe I'm a purple belt, brown belt, whatever it is, and I'm like, I would like to be on one of those cards. What the, you know, you go out to Toro Cup, you say, this is a really fun event. I would love to showcase my skills in front of the local grappling community. What what advice would you have for that person that wants to get on Toro Cup? Step one: go to Toro Cup. Go to a Toro Cup. Right. The best way to like to show me or anybody else that you want to be a part of this is to come and be a part of it. Right. Go to Toro Cup. Step two: compete. Right. Active competitors are going to get the first slot here always. Right. So those guys are the guys I'm looking for. Once you are competing a lot, send me a message. Let me know that you're interested. Right. I'll try to set something up. But again, I'm looking to get the guys that are competing the most and trying to essentially or sort of reward them for going out and, you know, spending all this money traveling around and competing. Well, I want to give you a place to showcase your skills right here in front of your friends and family. If you're not really doing that, then I can probably find somebody who is. And that's one of the great things about the North Carolina scene and the, that, that it has grown so much that you have a ton of those folks that are, that are out there every week training, you know, competing, teaching, show, and, and, and those are the folks that you want to be a part of this. Yeah, you know, you know it's... It's very easy to say you want to match or say you want to grapple somebody, but then you need to be willing to accept whoever you get the match with, right? So I get a lot of people that want to ask for matches. Like, oh, man, I really want to be on Toro Cup, but I only want to go against, like, black belt. Well, you're a white belt. That's not how that works. Like, you don't, That doesn't work like that, that way. Or I only want to go against somebody that I know I can beat. Well, no, I'm not really interested in that either. You're going to take the match that you get. It's not really call me and tell me who you want to have a match with, right? I'm going to try to match you up with the person that I think will be the most exciting and draw the biggest crowd to this event because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, and like I've I've never understood the mentality that you only want to go up against someone you know that you can beat, right? It's like what, what are you talking well, about? That's the American mentality. <laughs> <laughs> <Me>. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, called participation trophy. Yeah, well, let's stop that. Let's let's challenge ourselves and like and you have some great matches that one of the one of the things that I think you'll 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 notice with some of the matches John and I talked about are the ones we're excited about are the ones that I don't know what's going to happen. No like, idea. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in that Josh Murdoch and Anthony Albert match except for something awesome is going to happen, and I'm going to enjoy it, and both those guys are going to put on a tremendous show. That's the goal, though, in matchmaking, right, if, is I should be making matches where I don't know what's going to happen. If I can look in a match and, and like, I feel 100% confident or very confident in 
this is going to be the outcome in this match. Well, then who wants to see that? I want, I want, to, I want some excitement. I want to not know what's going to happen, right? So if, if I, as the matchmaker, who most likely knows more about these two competitors than the average person, if I know what's going to happen here, there's no way anybody else is going to be interested in this. Mm-hmm. So, John, is there anything that I haven't asked about, either regarding Toro Cup, regarding your competitions, that you wish I would have asked about? My amazing sponsors. <laughs> and what are those, John? Man, I'm supported by the amazing Toro BJJ, Access Health Chiropractic, Alan Willis, Formation Fitness, Mr. Tom Murph, and the Dirty White Belt Radio. <laughs> we are proud to support John Bagels Telford, our good friend, uh, teacher, competitor, matchmaker to the stars, and thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. Turn out to Toro Cup February 11th. I will hope to see you there, and uh, whether I do or whether I don't, I will hope to see you here next week on WHUP. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for Thai gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu gis or Valetudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one two four Lotter Road right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cage Side is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cage Side Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com.